Monday nights. Up late. Broadcasting from stolen land. Satellite skies. Satellite skies. Satellite skies. Highlighting DIY and autonomous politics music and subculture with a different theme each week. week on Satellite Skies, You Can Be You, punk and songs punks love to dance to, with Tessa and Heiko, one of the weekly rotations of Satellite Skies, talking and spinning all things DIY punk, autonomous politics in punk, and the music punks love to dance to, even if they don't know it yet. Hello and welcome to Satellite Skies on 3CR 855 AM and streaming online at 3cr.org.au. You're here with me and... Tessa, hello. <laughs> on this week's rotating segment of Satellite Skies, you can be you, punk and the songs punks love to dance to. Spinning and talking new and classic punk and the um, stuff punks love to dance to, even if they don't know it yet. Thanks, Heikel. Before we both get started, I'd like to acknowledge that today, as we always do when we're broadcasting from the 3CR studios, we are broadcasting from the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. And Heikel and myself pay respects to elders past, present and emerging and any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islanders that might be tuning in tonight. Tonight we have musician, artist, social worker and activist Tyrone Geitzman on the show talking about his new exhibition Ubuntu showing at the Brunswick Street Gallery here in Fitzroy. Tyrone will be talking about his inspiration for the confronting and deeply personal exhibition and his experience as a coloured South African living in the Australian diaspora. Awesome. So, but before that... We'll be starting off with a bracket of songs with a brand new tech from Nam Hardcore Legends Hacker and a new album. I just got, I think, yeah, a, a housemate just got that album. I'm keen to listen to it. Such Not a yet. ripper. Um, from new album, Pick Your Path, out on Hardcore Victims. This is Satellite Skies. You can be you on 3CR. We got a restless spirit. We shot him in a breath. 
Tedlex guys, and Tricia with me, Heikel and Tessa. And the um, song that you heard just before was from Rebirth. That's Tyrone's old band, Cast Your Stones. Oh my gosh, that has the moshy kind of so feel. Tough. Like, <laughs> it is, hey. I can just Ooh. picture Tyrone like throwing the down. Oh, yeah. Pardon, pardon me, pardon me. <laughs> like a throwing tornado. Down. <laughs> All right, and then before that was convinced Russian Jawbreaker, and um, Circus Variety Act was Thief, and the legendary hardcore act from Nam Hacker with Lockdown. Okay, so uh, we're, I'm going to introduce Tyrone, who was our guest tonight. Uh, I met Tyrone on a train coming back from Total Attack Festival back in 2014 or 15. Um, despite my brutal hangover on the treacherous PT trip home from the airport, Tyrone approached me and my partner, and although we were quite standoffish in our hangover, struck up a friendly conversation out of the blue. Despite both of us uh, being into punk, I'd never actually met him before. He was more in the straight edge hardcore scene and me lurking elsewhere uh, we stayed in touch and became friends and after I moved to South Africa for a while in 2015 we connected quite a lot after this reflecting on the complexities the beauty and sometimes the violent reality of post-apartheid South Africa Tyrone Geitzman is a social worker and activist and was the vocalist for hardcore band Rebirth, who we just heard from, and is currently doing vocals for a brand new band, Persecutor, who are playing their very first show next year, supporting Hacker's album launch, uh, which was the track we opened up the show with. A very busy man, Tyrone also finds time to make piercingly political art under the pseudonym XTRGTX. Heikel and I chatted to Tyrone on Sunday about his new visual art exhibition, mixing multimedia sculpture, painting, drawing into what he called Ubuntu. Here's Tyrone. Slight little technical difficulty here. We're actually going to hear uh, a track from Geld, uh, the song Blood Circle.
Welcome back to Satellite Skies on 3CR, 855 AM and streaming online at 3cr.org.au. And if you want to listen back tomorrow or something, you know, or for the whole week, you can just click on the link and listen back to the show. Anyways, took over computer, <laughs> Tessa's computer and played Gal instead. Come on, call me and uh, Tom should give me more credit for this. <laughs> I took over Tyrone's interview. But nah, it's, it's good to listen a few more hardcore before we listen to Tyrone, right, Tessa? Yeah, no, that definitely wasn't my uh, my mess up. That was Heichel uh, hijacked my computer and insisted I play the track Blood Circle by Geld. Yes. Look, you know, they're a big fan. What can I say? <laughs> okay, so without further ado, after the big wind-up, this is the interview with Tyrone Geitzman, artist, musician, and they're talking about their exhibition, Ubuntu. Tell us about your background in visual art. How did you become interested in drawing and painting and such? It's been a, a part of my life for, my, for all my life. I've always been creative, drawing, painting, stuff. I used to draw, when I was a kid, draw dinosaurs and all that kind of stuff. Usually they're like tearing each other, like ripping each other apart and stuff. Mum was a bit concerned about me sometimes with the level of content I used to draw. Um, about like, uh, yeah, just the violence of the things, but. Anyway, so I've always been like drawer and stuff and throughout high school did like all the art um, subjects and stuff. In year 12, I did like five, five, well, four folio subjects. The, the careers person was like, Tyrone, are you sure you want to do this, man? And that's like four folios. Like that's a lot of work. I'm like, yeah, I'm determined. So, yeah. Um, so art's always been a part of my life. Um, as I got older and sort of got into the punk scene, um, and being involved more in the punk and hardcore scene. Uh, started doing design for like my own bands and bands and stuff. And sort of that's kind of kept that going for a long time. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I studied um, a certificate three in uh, visual arts and contemporary craft just after, after high school when I moved to Melbourne um, and did that as well. So that was really cool. But yeah, just always kind of found it hard to like figure out <laughs> either to like just like what to do to be like a legit artist uh quotation marks um you know having a gallery so i kind of struggle with that trying to figure out how to enter into that kind of art scene again quotation marks and uh yeah so i kind of just stuck with just designing stuff for my own bands and other people's bands and stuff so yeah i like that about punk and alternative stuff like you know the DIY aspect so you've got bands creative in other ways than just music or if they're not a musician they're more creative so they'll do like layouts and design and flyers or artwork and stuff so it's really I, th I like that I think that's something like that is uh maybe I feel like it's uh uniquely a bit more present in the DIY punk scene than say other other um art, art genres I'm not saying it's not there but yeah, it just feels like it's a pretty common thing in punk and alternative sort of music yeah yeah a hundred percent um before i go on into the second question i think i would want to introduce yourself more because um i'm going to touch on the artwork that you're doing and the sort of art that you you project out to you know to the world and um just like for people who don't know tyrone like do you want to give a short description of you know your heritage or where you're from or you yeah. know that sort of stuff yeah i can do that um so my name is Tara and Giesman. Um, I'm Australian born um, and 
my father is from South Africa. So he was a South African migrant. Um, so they fled apartheid um, and came over here. It was actually yesterday was the 40th anniversary of them arriving in Australia, actually. So we had a, a, a barbecue or a braai is what they called over there. Um, so we had that. I made a vegan trifle, which was sick. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so dad came over here. My mum's um, Australian, so uh, she's um, not so much colonial Australian, more like has history of like migrant sort of, but they're like five generations back kind of thing. So, yeah, so that's my like sort of heritage um, there, yeah. Um, the next question is, was your visual art always tied to your political beliefs? Even, you, you know, um, even before your Ubuntu, your art, um, it presents a very strong pro-BIPOC anti-capitalist view. And um, did this develop into your art or was it always present or? That's actually a really good question. I like that. That's a, uh, that's a really good question. I guess um, I think it's taken more, uh, it's kind of taken a bit more in the last maybe five years or so to sort of really start really trying to push my political values and beliefs into my art. Um, and it's sort of more establishing myself as an artist, as I mentioned before, I mainly do, I mainly did designs for like my bands or other bands and stuff, which had those kind of some political aspects to it, but I was usually doing it for like, um, you know, a particular purpose. Um, so I was sort of, as I sort of developed my own sort of just doing artwork for myself and um, other things um, rather than just music, um, that was sort of more when I started combining my political beliefs and stuff. I think it more happened when I stopped doing bands. I was like less focused on doing music and that sort of taking the precedent. So after finishing Rebirth, had a bit of, had a break. Um, and then sort of, I think that gave me the space to be able to sort of, sort of explore that a bit more. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I've been, as a person who's been following your art and your Instagram pages or social media and stuff. Yeah. I did see that. You know, I've been a huge follower of the, a lot of the art that you make around like Black Lives Matter and yeah. sort of so many stuff that I'm, yeah, I love the art. Like personally, I love it. That's why I think, yeah, it's a good a good question and a good, um, you know, on the timeline of your life as an artist and stuff. And I think like, and you will be like, oh, it's so creepy. Like people know my timeline in your life. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, it's, But it's cool though, because you do cool stuff. So people do follow and like people, especially people like me who are, quite staunch on a lot of political beliefs and uh, BIPOC stuff and yeah I do follow a lot of pages like this and I do kind of know in my head like the timeline of this artists and what they kind of do yeah, and yeah. I'm like this is so interesting. That's cool. Tyrone uh, you and I met in a very funny way but I feel like we we really connected um, when I came back from South Africa and we talked a lot about like what it's like there now what it's like there visiting um, as someone raised in Australia, but for you, you have a very different experience um, as the son of a, a coloured South African. And I know Ubuntu, which is the name of your current exhibition, from my understanding, kind of has this really large overarching meaning of togetherness, wholeness, peace. And I know in South Africa, this word is often used in a post-apartheid context, talking about reconciliation, uh, whether that be in politics, art, society, it 
the word gets thrown around a lot. What is your association with the word Ubuntu and how does it relate to yourself and the current exhibition that you're showing? Um, so Ubuntu, yeah, you're right, Tessa. It means like a shared humanity, you know, like togetherness and stuff. Um, so I kind of chose this name um, because I guess after visiting South Africa a few years, like three years ago with my dad, first time I've ever been over there, it sort of uh, reconciled a lot of stuff with myself and my identity and stuff um, and sort of wanted to share the experiences um, with like not, you know, not just word of mouth stories through my family to me and stuff. I wanted to share it to the wider world and stuff. And so I just wanted to sort of bring people's understanding and togetherness um, about like of our shared humanity and, um, you know, and sort of showcase um, the apartheid struggle from where my, my dad's family were from. So, yeah, I sort of thought that was a really fitting word. Um, yeah. Community radio is your antidote to social isolation. Stay connected and listen to 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR digital and streaming and podcasting online at 3cr.org.au.
a message from Victoria's community sector. I'm looking forward to not worrying that my patients are going to die of COVID. To no one else being separated from their mum in aged care. I'm looking forward to our wedding and having our family and friends from overseas here with us. I really want to see my mum. I'm looking forward to being able to welcome guests without a mask on. To having all the sports back to normal so that my family members can come and watch me play. I look forward to performing in front of a big crowd again. So please, get vaccinated. Please get vaccinated. Please get vaccinated. Let's get back to the good things. I ask you to get vaccinated. For all of us. Please get vaccinated. A message from Victoria's community sector. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. Welcome back to Satellite Skies on 3CR. And just to back announce the song that you just heard was Liam Kenny. Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World. I like the title, actually. Yeah, it's a Ramones <laughs> cover. Um, and so. the song is a cover, but it's from a really cool EP called White Man is the Oppressor. Mm. Very tongue-in-cheek cover, I yeah. think. Perhaps yeah. a little commentary on society. <laughs> but yeah, Liam has been in lots of amazing bands, but I love his solo work too. Yeah, it sounds great. I mean, and then the song before you heard was Coloured Stone, No More Boomerang. It's had such a catchy feel that I love. Like, yeah, I mean, classic classic song. 70s indigenous band. Yeah. So we're going to go back to the interview with Tyrone Geitzman, artist and musician, talking about his exhibition at the Brunswick Street Gallery, Ubuntu. Here's Tyrone. You're listening to Satellite Skies on 3CR. The Even though the title is Ubuntu, there's a, there's quite a lot of quite confronting and seemingly deeply personal pieces in the exhibition. I know the one that really struck me was the mould of your face that was cracked. 
Um, and that perhaps a lot of uh, black colored or Asian South African uh, diaspora here in Australia and uh, around the world could relate to. Would you like to tell us a story behind maybe a piece of work from the exhibition that um, is is a favorite perhaps? Um, yeah, so uh, I use the white mask motif a lot actually, like a, a bit in my exhibition. Um, and that's sort of a literal interpretation of destroying the white mask, which is, if people are not familiar with Franz Fanon, he's a, um, a, a black um, political philosopher um, and psychologist, I think he was. Um, and he was like the godfather of decolonization theory. So we hear about decolonization all the time, decolonizing the arts, you know, the education sector, politics, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, so the white mask is about, you know, what people of colour need to um, wear to assimilate and survive within a white, um, white dominant culture, or, you know, that has a lot of white supremacist structures within it. So that sort of resonated with me a lot. Um, so I wanted to pick that, you know, being destroyed um, and stuff. So there was that. Um, I think, though, the most confronting sort of piece that I did and personally was... Um, a piece I did for, uh, for my dad, I made sure I got his permission. But when we were in South Africa, um, we went to the apartheid museum. And after we came out, he was a bit quiet and we were talking. And I think it was either then or a few days later, um, and he was talking to me about stuff. And he's mentioned, he told me a story where he was in a, one of the protests. So, like, after the Soweto uprising, you know, for, like, 10 years or so, there was, like, there was always reoccurrence of uprisings, protests, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, we, we look in America and see police, police brutality. We see it here as well. Um, but, you know, um, with the uprising stuff, the police would just fire live rounds into crowds uh, in the protests and stuff. So if you went to a protest, you know, you were putting your life on the line kind of thing um, because, you know, yeah, it was, you know, we're acting like paramilitary, the police. Um, in those times. And so my dad told me a story where he was at the, one of the protests in Cape Town um, and he, uh, that him and his friend sort of like, it started getting a bit pretty hectic and he, him and his friend sort of was trying to get away and um, he hoisted his friend over the, like a, a wire fence near, like at a school. And um, his friend got shot in the calf. Um, and as you know, when you're lifting someone, hoisting someone over, the, you know, his friend's leg was like, I don't know, uh, centimetres, you know, from his head. So he nearly got shot in the head. And then that was actually the catalyst for um, moving, uh, deciding to move to Australia. It took about three years after that incident. Um, but that was the catalyst for my dad going to my grandpa and saying, we can't live here anymore. It's, it's too much. Um, so he never told anyone that really. Um, and he sort of told me. And then as I was doing the pieces, I kind of wanted to capture that. Um, and the title of the uh, artwork is If the Bullet Had Hit. So it's pretty graphic, the piece. Um, and it sort of was reflecting. I was When I was doing the piece, I was reflecting on like, you know, that kind of violence snuffs out a life and then, like I wouldn't be here. Um, 
So, you know, that there's that, that chain of events, you know, we see horrors all the time and become desensitized a lot to a lot of violence. And, you know, we see death and it's tragic. We kind of see it as like a sudden end, but we don't think of like what, uh, you know, I mean, people do grieve and think about this, but like a lot of the time, because there's so much of violence, we don't sort of always think about the ramifications for that, what that end of life means at that point. You know, that person could have had a long, deserved to have a long, long life and stuff, but through a horrible act of oppression and violence that's been cut short and then, you know, generations, potential generations are lost. So that was really what was in my head when I was creating that piece and it was probably one of the most, um, for me, intense ones to, to sort of do. Um, there's other ones, but they sort of had a bit more uh, a resilient spirit to um, the pieces, you know, a bit of defiance and stuff to them. But that was the one that sort of, that uh, there was a lot of emotion going into that piece and stuff. And then also just thinking about the PTSD and stuff that my father's probably and other members of my family have gone through and sort of just dealt with and haven't, you know, um, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's full on. But yeah, that's probably the most um, confronting piece that I did for me. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing the backstory. That's really amazing and even looking at that artwork, I knew it came from that sentiment, but it's really amazing to hear the story behind it. And, yeah, think about that even as activists, you know, we protest violence and police brutality, but, um, you know, I feel like so often in the news cycle and there's so much tragedy, quote unquote, going on everywhere, it's it's important to step back and reflect and think about, yeah, those generations of what's lost when you see a picture of someone or, um, you know, who's been attacked or a struggle happening overseas. Yeah. But um, and it's always it's, it's always in, a, in an abstract kind of sense, you know, when you see that it's an idea, you know, it's a, you know, you're applying it from an abstract lens, you know, it's not like it's not as visceral as it would be if it was someone like, directly close to you and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So. And I guess that brings me to another question, which um, I just kind of thought of the top of my head, so I hope you don't mind me waxing lyrical. But one of the other pieces that was very confronting and I posted a picture of it in my story and, and got a lot of reactions from people in very different contexts, responses from people living in Angola, in Poland, uh, and here in Australia was the television with uh, the um, Orange State Apartheid. I, I'm not sure the exact name of the signal, but it was, you displayed it on a television, so it really looked like a swastika and a Nazi flag. And I guess I just, speaking of current events and considering that piece and how um, how strong the motif is, uh, what are your thoughts on the kind of how apartheid is being used, the language of apartheid is being used in the current media and anti-vax climate to, um, you know, impose, I guess, this apartheid lens on it? Um, I just am interested to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, so um, if people are interested, the, um, the, the neo-Nazi white supremacist, like, logo is... A logo of like, as Tessa said, that there were sort of factions of the Orange Free State, which is a white, white um, only uh, state that a group of 
white nationalists were trying to establish in South Africa. I think they did for a little bit, but the modern incantation is the AWB. There's a long Afrikaans word for it, but it's usually shortened to AWB. And it's a Nazi logo with um, three sevens in it. So in the exhibition, I use Channel 7 as a um, commentary on um, the whitewashing um, and white supremacist nature of Australian media. Um, but in terms of uh, the language used, like of like, uh, you know, like apartheid and Holocaust and, you know, oppressive language for anti-vax sort of the lockdowns and stuff is, frank, to sum it up, it's insulting. It's, um, it's, uh, it dismisses um, the struggle um, and the horrors that many generations, not just people of colour, you, know, uh, you know, people using Holocaust and stuff. So you've got people from, you know, European, um, you know, diasporas and stuff that are, they're still, they still deal with that trauma and they're sort of, it's the same, same sort of thing. So I just think it really dismisses the, um, the, the traumatic legacy of these like oppressive regimes have had on generations. Um, and these, and most of these people have had to flee and then just like set up in a, um, in another country and become diasporas. Uh, um, and they, a lot of them didn't have like a lot of resources and tools and stuff to process the trauma stuff they've had to go, get, you know, go through it and stuff like that. And, um, it just really shows how, uh, that kind of, um, can't think of the word, but like the victimization that people will put on themselves when they face inconvenience. Um, and then because they've lived a really overly privileged life, um, that any sort of inconvenience or anything that sort of resembles any sort of sort of um, restriction to their very entitled, privileged autonomy, they think they're oppressed. Um, and then for them to like not even acknowledge that, um, you know, that, you know, it's just an inconvenience, it's for a greater good, you know, that kind of stuff, like a community care, you know, I mean, governments are there to control and govern. That's literally what they're there for. As us as people, we're meant to keep that in check. I totally understand that aspect of it, but to use language to sort of critique something that is for the universal good, which is usually not what a lot of governments will do. They usually, you know, they use self-absorbed, self-interest kind of, that kind of stuff. For, for something to help the collective good of like a society um, and and sort of equate that with oppressive regimes is is insulting. Thanks so much, Tyrone. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It's, no, of, please don't apologise. It's really good to hear your opinion um, on the subject, particularly yeah. someone that has a personal connection to yeah. these uh, terms that are so weaponized and, you know, so often... Um, as a white Australian that grew up here, you learn vaguely about things like the Holocaust and apartheid, and it's very um, difficult to understand the realities and how that language can be thrown around a lot. So thank you for um, sharing your thoughts.
This is You Can Be You on Satellite Skies, 3CR 855 AM. You're here with Tessa and Heikel. We just heard one of my all-time favorite songs. I was just going to onto Heikel about how this band inspired me <laughs> to get involved in Anarcho and post-punk. Anyway, that was the track Romans uh, from the Canadian band Spectres. Before that, we heard from Portland band Ritual Vale and their new track Keep Looking Down. Uh, they've had a lineup change, uh, but I'm glad that they're sticking together. And in between uh, the interview segments from Tyrone, we heard the amazing South African band National Wake and their track International News. Definitely check out National Wake if you haven't already. They are a truly revolutionary band from uh, apartheid time, South Africa, truly radical uh, punks there. So um, this is getting towards the end of the show. We're running out of time. But uh, if you'd like to get in touch uh, with a suggestion for our action or gig guide or any songs you'd like us to play, uh, we understand our scope only looks upon the scene that we're involved in. and uh, you can get in touch with us via social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is satellite underscore skies. Or you can email us at satellite.skies.3cr at gmail.com. I'm going to play a track behind us now, which is a new one from American band Male Tears called uh, Hit Me. And I'm going to hand over to Heikel for a mini gig guide. All right. Just a quick mini gig guide. I have kind of like two minutes. Yep. So New Year's. Everyone's looking and what's going to happen on the new year so um asa punk show it's going to be a secret venue the bands that i know that are playing is punter havitoyed and future suck maybe another band who knows surprise asa punk and um i think all the rest of the other shows will be happening next year i think kicking off will be the one that i'll be playing on the 7th very exciting. That should be it. Yeah, on the 7th the debut, at Rosamund Bowls Club. The debut of Reaxi. Where, where, who's playing and where can we see your so fabulous band? It's at Rosamund Bowls Club. It's somewhere in um, Braybrook or something. Search it out. Rosamund, R-O-S-O-M-O-N-D. We'll be playing with Punter, Cryptid, Lepine, and oh no, who else? There might be another band I forgot, but... It's a stellar lineup. Um, yeah. And just to follow on from Tyrone's interview, uh, Tyrone's band Persecutor are supporting the Almighty Hacker with their album launch, uh, Pick a Path, uh, out on Hardcore Victims. That's happening at the Brunswick venue Stay Gold uh, on January 14th, $18 pre-sale or $20 on the door. You can check out Tyrone Geitzman's exhibition ubuntu for one more day tomorrow yes at the brunswick street gallery and tyrone will also be releasing an accessible tour of the gallery for anyone who couldn't make it down um as he acknowledges he acknowledged in another part of the chat we had that uh some of these old galleries aren't as accessible for differently abled people so keep an eye out on tyrone's social media uh, for uh, the accessible tour of the exhibition. Any more gigs on the gig guide from you, Heikel? That's probably it, but, you know, as we go, I think next year we'll be announcing more because on the 14th and stuff, there's more releases from newer bands. So, K 
catch us on our next show. Absolutely. And uh, Heikel and I will be back with our segment, You Can Be You, of Satellite Skies on the 24th of January. And tune in next week to Satellite Skies to hear Minnie and Izzy's segment, Soundtrack to Revolution. Thanks for tuning in with us and putting up with uh, some of the technical difficulties. <laughs> it's almost holiday.